Welcome to the SLP Talk Show. Real talk with Carrie about stuff that really matters. Hey, it's Carrie, your fast-talking, speech-therapy-loving host. While you are driving, cleaning, exercising, or whatever it is you do while listening to podcasts, I'm going to be chatting about pediatric speech therapy stuff. But I don't want our time together to feel like work or be boring. You already work enough, and you already have enough boring stuff to do in your life. So let's get going and have some fun. And welcome to episode 46 of SLP Talk Show. I am Carrie and I am here with... Jim, it's Jim. me. It's you. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. We're back. We're back. I'm so excited. I'm home for a whole week, which is a big deal for me. I know. It's awesome. Because I'm always on the road traveling, doing professional development courses. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one more trip. I'll be headed to Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. It's our home city. Yeah. Born and raised. We were just up there, too. We were. Yeah. We'll be up there a lot with the holidays coming. So I'm headed up there next Friday and Saturday, do a two-day training. You see my hat? Oh, Big Grove Brewery. Big Bro- Big Grove. They're Big Grove. on... Uh, kind of Ingersoll. Yeah. Ingersoll and so. Yeah, down there. Anyways, most people don't know what we're talking about. So, <laughs> um, But anyways, I'm home for a whole week. I was in Michigan uh, on Monday, and the Friday before that, I was in Arkansas. So I have one more funny story, Jim, to tell you about when I was in Arkansas. Okay. Okay, because I drove. Normally I have to fly, but if there are venues that I can drive to, it just makes it easier because then I don't get delayed and sure. have to spend yeah. the night in airports, which happens a lot. So anyways, I drove to Little Rock. And so since I drove, I was like, hey, there's a Costco. We need a few things at Costco okay. that aren't perishable, you know, things sure. like paper towels and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, I think I'll run into the Costco there um, before I check into my hotel. And so went to Costco, spent my obligatory $100 minimum, you know, mm, yeah. and uh, headed to my hotel. And then when I get to, after I get checked into my hotel, I get this DM on social media from a follower. And it said, confession, I really thought I saw you today walking out of Costco, but I was too chicken to find out. <laughs> <laughs> so it is so funny because I don't care where I go. Oh, no. I feel like somebody like knows me. I feel like it's just so funny. It, it so So the next day I'm at the training and she comes up and she's like, Hey, I DM'd you. I'm sorry. That was kind of creepy, but I swore I saw you at Costco and I thought it couldn't be you because why would you be at Costco? And I'm like, yeah, that was me. I was at Costco in Little Rock, Arkansas. (laughs) So then on Monday night, I'm at the Detroit airport because I spoke in Jackson, Michigan. And anyways, I was at the Detroit airport trying to get back to Kansas City, had my connecting flight. I was getting ready to board to Chicago. So I'm in the Southwest line you know got my number I'm, I'm all lined up and this woman come up comes up and goes hi excuse me are you Carrie and I'm like uh yeah she goes oh my friend knows you <laughs> I don't even so know she didn't know you no but she said my friend knows you and I thought that was you and I just wanted to say hi and I'm just here to say the world is getting smaller and smaller oh wow so not even someone that knows you it's no, a friend it's, uh, of a yeah, friend she goes I thought that was you so she must have somehow I mean who knows that's awesome oh my gosh so anyways just a funny story story so i feel like i can no longer like go to the store like in my jammies and my slippers because well, yeah. inevitably i'm going to see someone who knows me i don't mm-hmm. know funny there you go. anyways all right before we get into our topic for today let's do a quick game of chump or champ champ yes yes uh four I questions last time. Yeah, i know i think you did four questions jim gets four correct he's a champ mm-hmm. if he misses any he is a chump. A chump, yes. But regardless of how you do, you'll always be my champ. Oh. Yeah, correct you're so wrong, nice. right? Yeah, 30 years of marriage. 30 That's years. 30 wow. years. And counting. Yeah. 
Yeah, unless you have other plans. No, no, no other plans. <laughs> All right. Four questions. Here we go. I have a good feeling about these. Okay. Good, okay. Good. Number one, what happens if you select text and press control plus C on your keyboard? Control, text, control, C on... Control, C. Wait, control, C. Okay. Um, copy. Yeah. I was copy. like, what the heck? Well, uh, you said text. In that's there. what it says. Know. If you select text and press control, oh, okay. C. All right. Got it? Yeah. I thought it was a button called. No. Okay. okay. What is the name of El- of Elvis Presley's mansion in Memphis, Tennessee? Um, Graceland. Yep. What is the official language of Brazil? Uh, that is Portuguese. Interesting fun fact. Mm-hmm. My Apraxia book that I co-wrote with uh, Dave Hammer yep. has been translated into Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Not Spanish yet. Not Spanish. No, no. No. But somebody wanted to translate it in Portuguese and yep. our publisher said, okay. go for it. Yep. So pretty cool yeah we don't have a whole lot of control over that we don't have a lot of control because we're not the publisher of that book but um all right last one what does the acronym lol stand for (laughs) (laughs) let's see should i go with the right answer answer, then i'm gonna tell my funny story laugh out loud okay so when lol how long ago did it first become a thing like 12 10 12 years oh, i mean a long, a long time, time lol so i'm like new to social media like <laughs> over a decade ago and i noticed that people were like writing lol in like really strange places and i was like gosh this woman is being really uh, really really kind of like overly affectionate and you're like what and i'm like there's like this someone told this funny joke and she's like lots of love <laughs> i thought lol stood for lots of love <laughs> Wow. It is not. It is laugh out loud. But why can't it be lots of love? Yeah. It could be. In my world, it is. (laughs) All right. All right. So, uh, Jim, you are. I'm a champ. You're a champ. You know, you must feel good about yourself. Um, sure. (laughs) Let's just say yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. So, are you ready to get this uh, party started? Yes. Let's go. All right. So, today, what we're going to talk about is uh, neurodiversity affirming birthday parties. Okay. And it is birthday season in our home. Right. 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 All right. three of our children yeah. were born within three weeks of each other. Mm-hmm. So clearly I am only fertile <laughs> one time a year. <laughs> All three kids, right? So I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah, I'm just go ahead. Gonna, you just go ahead and touch that one. Go ahead and so. smile and just sit there and mm-hmm. look handsome. Okay. Because um, that's what got us into this trouble in the first <laughs> place. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Forget that. We'll start over. So anyways, our oldest daughter was born on October 19th. Mm-hmm. And less than a year later, our second daughter was born on October 9th. Right. So we have these little Irish twins right. less than a year apart. Yep. So uh, their claim to fame is 10 days every year. They're the same age. They're the same age. Yep. yep. So those two have birthdays uh, 10 days apart. And um, then Aaron was born, uh, our son, who is autistic, he was born on November 2nd. Right. So funny story about uh, Aaron's birth. And if I've already sold, told this story, uh, forgive me, listeners, but it's a great story <laughs> that uh, I was going to the hospital to be induced because he was late, right? Mm-hmm. And he was already a big baby. And so... Uh, we had a scheduled induction. I think it was like 8 a.m. We were supposed to be at the hospital. Right. But November right. 2nd, 2004 was? It was election day. It was election day. And yeah. I was like, well, I have to do my civic duty. <laughs> so we stop off at the polling booth. You know, there's a line like a mile long. And uh, 
so we kind of get in line. Well, I, that morning I had actually gone into active labor. Like I was actually having full blown contractions. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, good thing we're scheduled because I'm in labor. But it was my third baby. So I wasn't like freaking out like mm-hmm. the first two. Right. Um, so we get in line and I'm, you know, about every six or seven minutes I'm having me a contraction. And the people in line are like, uh, are you in labor? I'm like, yeah, we're headed to the hospital to have yeah, this that baby. The, that was the fastest voting experience I've ever had Yeah, they had were like life. fast track. Pregnant woman to the front of the line. They're like, okay, okay yeah, we want you to go. Go, yeah, go, 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 go. Yeah, they were kind of freaking out. They were like, we don't want this baby born here at the polling booth. So they escorted us to the front of the line. Right. Uh, Mid contraction, voted for president, and then we went off to the hospital. Yeah, I don't think I voted for anything else. No, <laughs> I, I don't think we that. had time. We think, were like, I think I was like, okay, let's just go. Yeah, we were we were in a bit of a hurry. <laughs> so those are kind of our interesting stories related to our children's births. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the other cool thing, so. Uh, October 19th, not only was Whitney born, but that was my dad's birthday. So yeah. we had our firstborn child on my dad's birthday, which was probably the greatest birthday gift we could have ever given him. Yeah. We tried with my mom, but we did. Miss, we, missed by a day. Yeah. We tried. Our second child was born um, a day after, after my mom's birthday. Your mom's birthday. Yeah. So we tried. I tried to push. I did. I wanted that <laughs> baby to come. I thought, how cool to have yep. two kids both born on a grandparent's birthday. But Anyways, okay, so since it's birthday season here in the Ebert house, I thought we would spend some time talking about birthday celebrations because for some kids, uh, and we know this all too well, birthday parties can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. They can cause immense amounts of stress. Yes, absolutely. So for our son, Aaron, who is autistic, uh, and for many other autistic kids, birthday parties can be a trigger. Right. Right, um, because of the... Uh, amount of stress uh, and it can lead kids into dysregulation. So I think for you and I, when Aaron had his first birthday party, mm-hmm. that was our first kind of inkling, yeah. inkling that there was something developmentally different because right. he was meeting all his motor milestones up yeah. to that point. He actually had first words, you know, by then mm-hmm. I mean, a few. So, you know, we weren't overly concerned about anything developmentally. He was a boy. And after having two girls, I mean, I would say right. things were a little different, but, you sure. know, we just kind of chalked it up to different, right. different, different gender. gender. Yeah, exactly. So we have this first birthday party and um, we actually had a house full of people. Right. And because of what I do for a living, I remember I had even invited some of my, like, friends who had young children that I had previously, like, seen in therapy, you know? Right, so, right, I mean, right. anyways, we had a full house. We had not only family, we had friends. Um, and he had an epic meltdown. Yep. Epic. It was, it was epic. Um, it was... Way too much sensory input. There was too many people, too much noise, too many changes to his routines. And that is really stressful for kids who find safety in the familiar. Right. And that's what we've always talked about with Aaron, Mm -hmm. that he doesn't do new. He prefers, you know, he thrives in consistent routines. I always liked your your train analogy that you used. He was a train. Yeah. Should I do that real quick? Sure. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. This is just something that, um, I mean, I think there's other analogies out there, but the way I used to describe Aaron, was he was you know but the, you explained it to his classmates you oh, like went that to school. One. Oh yeah, yeah I did when he was older I did mm-hmm. yeah 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 you're right that um you know the analogy is that like all oh, let's pretend that all people are vehicles right right, right. and so um uh, a lot of people the neurotypical people um are um 
cars and there's different types of cars you know there's there's pickup trucks there's little uh you know toyota priuses there's sports cars you know but they're 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 cars Mm -hmm. and then and the thing about cars is they don't have to have an itinerary they don't have to wake up in the morning and plan their entire day like you can get in your car you can be like hey i'm gonna drive to work and on your way to work you can be like hey i'm gonna get off and get you know starbucks get a coffee and then you realize the line at starbucks is too long you put it in reverse you're like forget this i'll go to dunkin donuts right so you you change your plans pretty quickly Mm-hmm. You don't have to uh, um, have this huge itinerary. Um, you can go forward. You can go backward. You can turn left. You can turn right. You know, right. you can do a U-turn. I yeah. mean, so uh, cars have a lot of um, flexibility, mm-hmm. um, and they're pretty easy to navigate, um, and you can change your plans pretty instantly. Right. But I've always talked about how Aaron and, um, uh, you know, most autistic people are more like trains. So for for trains, trains, when you think about them as a vehicle, they have to know where they're going ahead of time. It's not like sure. you can get in a train and be like, let's see where we want to go today. Like you right. have to have an itinerary. Well, you're going in a specific place. You're going to a specific place, right? right. And so, and it's a one track, right? So right. The, it may take the train a while to get going, but once it gets going, it's going to go really, really fast in that one direction. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can change your plans in a train is if you derail or if you crash. I mean, right. there is no other way to be like, hey, let's go a different direction. You know, you mm-hmm. just don't do that because of the track, right? It has you moving in that direction. So for kids... Um, um, who are wired more like trains, predictability, right? right. Knowing the plan, right. keeping things consistent, that one track kind of mind is really right. how they function. So br- to bring this full circle back to the, the story about his birthday, he derailed. He did derail. And that is absolutely I mean, it was, it was, it was epic. It was epic. And of course, everybody is looking at us like, what are you going to do about it? You know, because they were overwhelmed too. Like right. to see this child writhing. He was and in distress. He was in immense amounts of distress. Okay. The other thing about birthday parties is there are a lot of social expectations. Is that fair to say? Oh, you know, yeah. you're supposed to act a certain way. You're right. supposed to be able to sit in open presence and thank everyone and give right. them a hug. And you're supposed to enjoy your presence. And you're supposed to enjoy the birthday party. Thank and, all your friends for coming. Yes. And, and all of that. Yeah. And um, so needless to say it was stressful for Aaron it was stressful for us it was stressful for our guests it Mm -hmm. was extremely overwhelming so we decided at that point maybe we shouldn't do any more big birthday celebrations you've got to understand Aaron did not yet have a diagnosis you know so um what we talked about as parents was we don't want to traumatize our child Mm -hmm. like obviously this party was more for us and it didn't go well so I don't ever want him to feel you know traumatized like that so um what uh and we'll talk a little bit more about about our future birthday parties but what I wanted to do was kind of talk about some neurodiversity affirming strategies to consider to avoid unhappy birthdays okay right okay so uh in a nutshell less is more okay smaller party fewer guests shorter amount of time and limit the scheduled activities okay so short sweet and to the point okay Okay, so I want to get specific here. So let's talk about who gets invited to a neurodiversity-affirming birthday party. Well, you really should think about, again, fewer guests. So you want to invite safe, familiar people who will follow the quote-unquote rules, Mm -hmm. meaning you can tell them ahead of time. You know, he may not open the presents. He may not, you know, blow out birthday candles. Like, we just need to let him know. Like, there's going to be some, you know, we're going to create a little bit different um, environment. So, try to avoid inviting the whole class from school, you know, if it's an older child. Or all the neighborhood kids. Or your 13 cousins and all their kids, you Mm -hmm. know. Really think about 
including immediate family members and maybe one or two other really important people who the child has a close bond with. So what we started doing after that first birthday party is we invited, obviously, like your parents don't live in town. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if they were in town, they obviously, if they could come, we would invite them. But like my mom, you know, was close. Um, So, and then, you know, Aaron's sister's. Um, and then sometimes right. that was it. I mean, right. sometimes we might invite one neighbor, like, you know, we had some close neighbors, mm-hmm. but pretty often it was just like the five of us, you know, yeah. just the immediate family. Okay. So if you're going to have a party, it's important to kind of start a birthday party countdown, um, with visual cues. So what we started doing with Aaron, um, I've always talked about how we use calendars, you know, mm-hmm. countdown. He has perpetual calendars in his room. Mm-hmm. He can tell you how many days till Halloween, how many days till his birthday, how many days till Thanksgiving, right. because he has these right. perpetual calendars. And so um, instead of viewing it as a preoccupation with numbers and dates, what we view it as is a visual strategy that supports regulation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you want to talk about upcoming parties, say, oh my gosh, on November 2nd, we're going to be having, you know, your grandma and grandpa come over for right. a party. Or, But, you know, in addition to that, you can tell when he's talking about some, some event that's coming up. Mm-hmm. You can see the joy in his... In yeah. his it's in not his, that he isn't excited about his, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just... He, he loves the countdown. Yeah. He really does. Yeah. So... I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. And that's how he's been for, he's 18 now, and he's been doing that for years and years and years. So you want to talk about the upcoming party regularly. I would encourage you guys to look at pictures from past parties, you mm-hmm. know, to kind sure. of trigger a visual, yeah. kind of an episodic memory. Mm-hmm. And that's what pictures, what photos do, you know, so go back through your phone, find last year's birthday and go, remember when we did this or went here or remember you had this cake last year. And mm-hmm. so you, that way you can start um, talking and, and make sure you're presuming competence. Um, when we're talking about um, autistic kids or maybe uh, kids with, you know, other diagnoses, um, you want to still do all of these strategies, even if the child is non-speaking, for example, sure. right? So you want to go ahead and presume competence and still mm-hmm. continue to show them Absolutely. pictures and talk about all that. All right, the next thing, how long should the party be? In in a very uh, simple way to explain it, short, okay? Mm. Really think about how long your child's expen- uh, attention span is. So you might be able to just say, you know what, we'll just keep the celebration to 20 or 30 minutes. We'll end when we need to. Right. Um, over the years, what we've learned to do during all family gatherings is... When Aaron needs to go, Aaron is welcome to excuse himself. Right. It doesn't mean our guests have to leave. Right. Like, we can stay and visit mm-hmm. and do our thing. And what Aaron has always done is come out when his tank, his social tank has been refueled. Mm-hmm. And he might spend another 10 or 15 minutes with the group. And then when he feels depleted or is yep. starting to get overwhelmed, his room is, I would call it his safe place, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, his bedroom, Absolutely. he shuts the door. He has all of his sensory things. He's got his lava lamp and his disco ball and all his, he likes those flashing Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. And he has his Alexa so we can listen to music. Yep. Um, he likes the lights dimmed and all of his little, um, you know, special lights on. He loves night lights. I mean, so his room. It's calming. It's very calming, yeah. very organizing. So you need to be okay with allowing the child to kind of excuse themselves and go. And it doesn't mean the party's over, right? Right, right. And he'll do that at the holidays. He's always oh, yeah. Thanksgiving, Christmas. Yeah. Always, always. Okay, so. Be okay with that. Be flexible. End end the the part of celebrating the child's birthday, you know, when you need to. But it doesn't mean your guests have to leave, right? Sure. So that's where that kind of just um, go with the flow, right? right? Okay. Right. Um, what activity should you plan? Uh, I'm here to tell you. 
planning no activities is perfectly acceptable. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know that in this day and age, it's pretty typical to plan big extravagant parties with all of these, you know, hiring a clown and somebody to make balloon animals and all this. Um, I would... Are, I would and bounce houses. Yeah. And... Oh my gosh, you guys, be really cautious about spending all that time and all that money and all that effort. I would make sure you get through several birthday parties uh, right, right. that are much smaller and less um, overwhelming before I would ever do something yeah. um, crazy like that. Okay, because that can really um, hurt everyone's feelings when there's these huge expectations, mm-hmm. and then the if your child chooses to go to their room you know and so then people are going to be concerned and they're going to want to help and so if you do plan an activity make sure it aligns with the autistic child's interests and sensory preferences Mm -hmm. so I want to fast forward to Aaron's second birthday what we did I remember quite vividly because obviously we have lots of pictures of it Aaron's deep interest at that time was scribbling do you remember how Mm -hmm. we had bought I don't know if it was like at an auction or something but we bought this big it's a big roll of paper that's what it was a roll of paper like of and how big was it I mean it was I think, like, I think I went to an auction or something, yeah, but it was or like a cargo foot, largo or something, three foot and they, tall. you know, you bid on a pallet, and that was one of the things. Yeah, I mean. but it was paper, but it was a huge yeah. roll of it. And so what we used to do in the kitchen was we would lay out a piece, like while I was cooking or while we were whatever, and he would just scribble. And I mean, mm-hmm. it was the craziest thing. He would do it for like 20, 30 minutes sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we decided in our basement, because we did invite, obviously, quite a, a lot fewer people, mm-hmm. um, but we did invite two or three friends that had little ones, but mm-hmm. not yeah, like 50 his, friends. His age. Yeah, but like two or three right. friends and we just put out the ream of paper and crayons and that is literally the only activity we had and right. the kids absolutely loved it like mm-hmm. it was so funny how interested they were in that um Aaron had a grand old time it was what he was into at the time you know yep. Yep. um it was quiet it was calm um and that's what we were really aiming for was we wanted to kind of limit the noise and the chaos right one thing for everyone to really understand about the autistic neurotype is that it is extremely common to have auditory over-responsivity. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that loud or unexpected noises um, can really dysregulate sure. the autistic child's nervous system yeah. very quickly. Well, so, I think the thing that we learned from his first birthday is singing happy birthday. Ah, there it is. was an absolute That's one of disaster. my recommendations. You are spot on. So one of the recommendations is don't sing the happy birthday song without permission. Right. This is really important that you're getting consent. Okay, because what we started doing um, was uh, at the first birthday party, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Oh, yeah. That's it's what, not like that was what, what caused the meltdown. It was because, well, please understand this, sensory input is cumulative. Mm-hmm. So it was everything, everything, everything. And then the singing, out of the blue, all these people start screaming at you. I mean, it sounds like screaming. Yeah. You know, we're all screaming as loud as we can, this happy birthday song. It's unexpected. Um, and that was the straw that, you know, broke the camel's back. Yeah. That's when he lost it, and we never recovered from that. Nope. And that was our fault. We pushed it too far, but we didn't know what we were doing. We, you we know? didn't. We, we didn't. had no, we had and no it's, idea. And it's okay. It is okay. It's okay to, to, to mess up. Yeah, because then know? you learn from it. Right. But the point is you must learn from it. You right. don't want to repeat right. your mistakes right. every year. So we would ask Aaron, um, is it okay, you know, as he started getting older, because we didn't sing for several years because we just knew. Mm-hmm. But then when he was, as he started getting a little bit older, I'm going to say by like five or so, we would ask him, can we sing the happy birthday song to you? And he would every year um, say, no, thank you. That was, he was a very polite refuser. No, thank you. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember he was probably around, I'm going to say nine or 10, somewhere in there. And I remember we were, I remember vividly, my mom was at our house and it was just us um, five and my mom and I asked him can we sing the happy birthday song to you and he thought about it and he goes you can whisper it so we all start going happy birthday 
Yep. And yep. it was the I next year that. he actually said to us, can we go to the pizza restaurant for my birthday? And we were like, holy crap, he wants to go have a party. Right. So we went to right. that one that had video games because we knew he'd like that. Yeah. And again, it was just us five. It's not like we had this big party. I think we invited the Canucks. I think we invited yeah. one yeah. one family friend, um, a, a group of family. Mm-hmm. Um Yep. And we asked him, can we sing happy birthday there? By now he's like 10 years old. And I remember him saying, yeah, just do it quietly. But we didn't have to whisper it. And so ever since then now, as long as we don't scream it at him, as yeah, long it's as it's like to this day, to this day, we can't yell it. You can't do it in the big boisterous way that no. everybody is used to. So yeah. yeah, really be cautious about the happy birthday song. It's very triggering for mm. people who have auditory over responsivity. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. What should the child wear to this fabulous birthday party? Um, I'm just going to say... Don't overthink this. Don't go buy new clothes. Don't buy some special, you know, party outfit. Make sure the child is comfortable. Allow them to wear familiar clothes. Uh, quote unquote, special outfits can lead to disastrous outcomes for kids who don't do new. Right. You know, for kids right. who need, who thrive on predictability. Yeah. Okay. What food should you serve at your uh, neuro-affirming birthday party? Uh, you want to serve whatever the autistic child loves. Okay. <laughs> so you can make it a theme if you want. Let's say the child loves pizza. Just mm-hmm. make sure you serve the child their favorite brand of pizza. For right, Aaron, it's right. Jack's frozen pizza. Like, you know, right. that's always been his favorite. Now, you can do something else for the party guests. Like, if you want to have, like, oh, we're going to make pizzas. Like, to be, sure. just don't expect the autistic child to do that. Right. Like, if that's going to be a problem, right. you know, go ahead and order Pizza Hut for, you know, the the, ch- the, the kids who want it. And then if you want to have the adults or the other people make their own pizzas or whatever. And if, they, if that's the kind of pizza you like, then do that. Then do that. That's right. Now, if the child loves chicken nuggets, McDonald's catering it is, right? <laughs> don't be worried. Or, you know, Chick-fil-A. I mean, right. don't feel right. bad about just going and getting takeout, you know, and just making. This day is supposed to be the child's day. So don't, again, have right. weird food or unusual food or unexpected food. Mm-hmm. Um, birthday cake. Let's talk about this for a minute. Only get a cake if the child actually likes cake. Right. Um, Aaron hates cake. And so right. what Aaron has had for years and years and years, and it is by request, is that giant chocolate chip cookie cake. Yep. And we always go and we buy the cake. And he some likes years, cookies. Yeah, he likes chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Um, be careful about the candles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, don't make the child like blow them out if that's overwhelming. Aaron always had an issue with fire. Yeah, he and really was You know what it stems it. from? Do you remember what movie it was? That caused his fear of fire? Toy Story 3. Oh, the furnace. The incinerator. Remember when the toys? Aaron, to this day, gets... He will not watch that movie, number three. He will not because it caused him so much angst. He was absolutely petrified. So for years and years, he was scared to death of birthday candles like with fire, you know? Now he's fine with it and he will actually blow out the candle. Mm -hmm. But it's not like we ever forced it, you know? So. Just be really careful about the cake. Um, and if the child, if you have a cake for the guests and your child doesn't want to have the birthday song saying to him, doesn't want to blow out the candles, doesn't want to eat the cake, please be okay with that. Yeah, right? It's okay. Just, it's just, right. we're, we're, I'm telling you, when you become a neurodiversity affirming parent, you're just like, go with the flow. Yep. You know? That's right. Don't think That's about right. it as giving in. It's not about, you know, um, um, it's about keeping the child regulated, right? right. That is what right. we're doing is understanding their stressors or their triggers mm-hmm. and understanding their understanding their glimmers, what brings them joy, what right. gives them their brain tingles. And if you're having a birthday party for a child, it, you should be all focused on what gives them their brain tingles. I mean, don't you, you know? do that with, with basically all birthday parties? Oh, yeah, exactly. What do they you love? Just, you want them to have fun. You, yeah. want them to, you want them to... Do you remember um, his... I think it was his second birthday because we had just moved into that other house and he loved Blue's Clues. Uh-huh. And I think um, I got him... I did get him a little shirt and it said like, 
Aaron's, I'm turning two or something, and it had a picture of Blue, you know, the puppy on it, mm-hmm. and he did love it because even though it was new, he was just so into it right, that I thought right. I was going to try it, and he did. He, I, we have a picture of him in that Blue's Clues shirt. So let's talk um, about where the party should be. Okay. Because, again, in this day and age, what do people like to do? Oh, let's go to the bowling alley, yeah. or let's go yeah. to Chuck E. Cheese, or let's go, you know, to this yeah. this movie theater. Go Places play. that are really... <sighs> Bowling alleys and Chuck E. Cheese are loud. They're loud. They're overwhelming. Now, if your child is a sensory seeker and oh, loves, yeah. well, you know, lots you're, of you're input, you then you might go. be good with that. But again, you're trying to really create mm-hmm. an atmosphere that fits your child's sensory profile. Okay. Okay. That's really what this is about. I like about. that. Sensory okay. profile. Yeah. What is your... Because we all do. Sometimes we should talk more about sensory profiles, but um, every one of us has a sensory profile and your sensory profile is as unique as your fingerprint. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean... Yeah. Yours think, is different than mine. Uh, yeah. So let's do that. Let's talk about sensory profile <laughs> soon because that'll be an interesting, interesting um, uh, topic for sure. So where the party should be, I would recommend somewhere familiar. Um, we found home was best. It mm-hmm. is very rare that we have a birthday party for him anywhere but home, The except he he does like certain restaurants. You know, occasionally. Remember we right. went to Chili's? Remember that one year? We yeah. asked him where he wanted to go and he said, I want to, I want to go to Chili's. And we're like, we've never even eaten at Chili's. I don't know. He must have seen a commercial for it. But boy, we went to Chili's and he had the time of his right. life. Right. He, he, got, he got his chicken strips yep. and he was good. He was good to yeah. go. He, he was good to go. Um, so uh, if you're going to attempt to go somewhere unfamiliar, then you need to make it familiar okay Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is you need to prepare ahead of time you can get online thank goodness for the internet today you can get online and look at pictures of it watch videos of it get on youtube find a birthday party that was at the bowling alley or chuck e cheese let them have some you know exposure and make sure they have positive reactions uh to what they're seeing online um i would do a practice run uh if you're gonna have a birthday party at a bowling alley freaking go to the the bowling alley like several times before this birthday party is going to occur make it familiar make Mm -hmm. it not new make it so that the sites because i'm gonna be honest with you bowling alleys when you think about it it's one of the most sensory overwhelming places on the planet when Mm -hmm. you think of the sights the sounds the smells i mean the dark you know the levels of light in there sometimes Mm -hmm. they have flashing it it depends on yeah it depends on the bowling alley right so make sure you pick the right one yeah Yeah, so make sure you pick the right one. Um, But definitely do a practice run. Uh, Take uh, the child to that location a couple of times before the party. Make sure you take pictures while you're there with the child in the pictures so that you can actually create a little social story, Mm -hmm. okay? And social stories are fabulous for helping create predictability, right? Where they can go back and look at the pictures. That's how kids can create kind of these memories, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that makes it familiar and it can reduce the anxiety. How about let's talk presents, Okay. Fewer gifts. Fewer presents. Please. Okay. Okay. Like literally three to four is good. You know, I'm a gift giver. What is my love language? How do I show love to people? You give them stuff. I give people (laughs) gifts. I give (laughs) gifts to, I cannot help it. It is just my love. I love, that's how I show love to people is I give gifts. So I have really had to scale back because it is in my nature to want to give like 15 gifts. You know, and they might be little things, but I used to love to wrap them all up and Oh my gosh, that's so overwhelming. So, and they're Aaron, always very thoughtful. You're very Leslie Nopish. I am. You've always, you and the girls have always said I'm like Leslie Nope from, <laughs> from Parks the, and Rec. Par, yeah, Parks, Parks and Rec. Rec. Yeah, almost yeah, at the office. Yeah. Um, so, opening presents can be very overwhelming. And um, the social expectation to like, oh, let's see who this gift is from. You know, read the card and then open it and then, you know, say thank you or maybe go give them a hug. Um, I'm just going to tell you that uh, that can be extremely overwhelming for mm-hmm. kids who um, are all ready 
overwhelmed yeah. by sensory input yeah. in general. So what I started doing, it took me a few years to figure this out, but we would give the grandmas um, a list of maybe one, two, or three items that he actually would like. Mm-hmm. Um, what I actually do now is just send him the link, the Amazon link. Like mm-hmm. if I can find it, right. and they appre- like remember um, who asked us and we're like, oh, a, a, a Metallica t-shirt or something. And I literally got online, found the link and, and sent it in a text to him. And, okay. and uh, he was like, oh my gosh, thank you. That's so helpful. And he said, right. consider it done. You know what I mean? Right, Cause right. they're like, what do we get Aaron? So everybody asked me now, like my sisters, um, and I instruct them by literally one gift. And they're like, oh, but we, and I go, no, 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 I'm serious. Like if you're going to give a gift, please only give one because mm-hmm. for him, it's not joyful. Right. right. It's very overwhelming. Um, the other thing to understand is that let's talk specifically about our son because this is our, you know, what we have uh, firsthand knowledge of. There are very few random gifts that Aaron will even appreciate. Aaron right, right. doesn't like everything. Aaron <laughs> has very specific interests. Yeah. He likes what he likes. So knowing the child's sensory preferences is huge. So because Aaron is a visual seeker, he's pretty over-responsive in the other sensory systems, but he is a visual seeker. So some of the birthday party or birthday gifts we have gotten him, or I have recommended my sisters, your, you know, grandmas mm-hmm. have gotten him over the years, yes. a disco ball, right. a lava lamp, a light that sync to music. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he loves that one. My sister Cheryl, uh, he she now knows. Oh boy, the way to Aaron's heart is through lights and music and music. Right. And so it is. It is a hoop. My mom just told me yesterday. I'm not going to ruin the surprise for you, Jim. But my mom told me what uh, she got Aaron oh. with with our daughter Whitney's help. But it's related to rock and roll music because oh, you see, okay. Aaron's deep interest right now is hard rock, classic rock. Sorry, he called it classic rock, right? Classic rock. Yeah, he's also, he's, he's, he's in the metal. He's quite in the metal. Yeah, yeah, he likes his Metallica yeah. and his, what else does he listen to? ACDC? AC, well, Judas Priest. Judas I mean, Priest. <laughs> I mean, some, you know, your 80s hair bands, mostly. Yep, 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 yep. So if you ever walk into his bedroom, like when our daughter Whitney, him and uh, our, both our daughters, they're just really close with Aaron, but Whitney will go into his room and like just hang out with him, you know, mm-hmm. when yeah. she comes over and she's like, I just can't stay in there very long, mom. It's so overwhelming because he's got all these flashing lights and the music is blaring and he is just in yeah. heaven. <laughs> yeah, he just and you see how he's changed over the years. Yeah, now that's like calming to right. him. Right, it used it, to. And I and I've always wondered about that. I'm like, what what is it about that now? Is it like white noise to him now, I or know. I mean, how does he how does he? Because I'll be honest, I've been in there too. It's overwhelming. It's, it, it's it's hard to deal with. It is hard. It is, big. but see, you're not a visual sensory seeker like he is, right? Okay. So it is interesting. So back to presents. If there's too many gifts, or if the child isn't interested in opening them um, while the party is happening, assure your guests that you and the child will open them later alone, you know, when they're they're more interested in opening the gifts. So sometimes you just say, thank you for the gift. We will be opening those after the party. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that can be okay. You know, you can let your guests know. Um, but I also would say it is okay to ask for no gifts. It really is. I know people be like, oh, but I'd feel so bad. And you can say, you know, it, let's say the child um, likes to be read to or likes books. You could say you could bring a book, you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes right. think about something else. I, I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but I remember there were a couple years I'm like you can just get Aaron his favorite hostess muffins remember those chocolate chip and they're like you want us to bring in muffins I'm like seriously like he'll be overjoyed like there are just don't don't make this about you know stuff that's gonna that the child isn't gonna appreciate again you know just um keep it simple fewer guests uh gifts is better um I can remember there were some times where we were like oh it would be wonderful if grandma could just get Aaron a zoo pass Mm mm-hmm 
Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. it, not a tangible thing, but like an experience. You know sure. what I mean? Give us a pass to the, the swimming pool, you know, mm-hmm. a summer pass. Like, oh, those yeah. are the kind of things that would be really appreciated. Sure. Because the child doesn't have to Absolutely. open it, you know, but it's a gift that the whole family can enjoy. Right. All right. Um, just a couple more. Limit the number of staged photos if this causes your child to dysregulate. You know, all the pictures. Like, if you want to snap a few yeah. to, re- you know, just to remember the moment. But that, like was a, have, that was a hard one to adjust to. It was because I'm a photo. Yeah. I... I am a photo taker. I really am. And haven't I gotten better? Oh, like yeah. I, I what I usually will say to Aaron is, can I just take three pictures of this mm-hmm. event? And he'll be like, okay. And then he's pretty, and he'll smile. Like he's actually okay with it now. But when he was little, I would try to take like 45 mm-hmm. and it would, I learned the hard way. So I'm just trying to pass on what I've learned. <laughs> and the last one, follow your child's lead and respond to their needs. This is the child's party. So make sure the child is actually having fun and is not traumatized. Right. Right. Absolutely. So don't do things because it's socially acceptable. Like we need to be moving away what we have all considered to be quote unquote socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about neurodiversity affirming, right? We're trying right. to say um, that some kids uh, have different needs, right. right? And we want them to have joy and we want to respect um, who they are. As mm-hmm. a human being. Absolutely. All righty. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Thanks for listening uh, to the SLP Talk Show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues to give us a listen. Now get out there. Be kind. Be accepting. Why not put your screens down for a bit and go outside? It is a beautiful world out there. And please don't forget to schedule your mammogram. Early detection could save your life. As an 11-year breast cancer survivor, it certainly saved mine. Until we meet again, cheers. Cheers.